BTech B Talk, a podcast series from the Biomass Thermal Energy Council. I'm Joe Seymour, BTech Program Coordinator for Policy and Governmental Affairs. In our monthly podcast, BTech interviews key decision makers and pioneers of the biomass energy industry. This project is made possible by a grant from the U.S. Forest Service's Wood Education and Resource Center. In our eighth broadcast, we explore the steps and decisions of a real-life facility installing a Biomass Combined Heat and Power System, or CHP. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, CHP, which is also known as cogeneration, is an efficient, clean, and reliable approach to generating power and thermal energy from a single fuel source. An estimated 500 biomass-fueled CHP plants are in operation in the U.S. today, producing over 6,000 megawatts. And as we'll learn from our guest, biomass CHP can help meet multiple demands, from increasing local fuel production and engaging student researchers, to reducing emissions and fossil fuel use. Joining us is Greg Coffin, superintendent of the University of Missouri Power Plant, serving the University of Missouri Columbia campus. The university is no stranger to CHP systems. It has partnerships with EPA in the Energy Star programs, including green lights and Energy Star buildings, and was recognized as System of the Year by the International District Energy Association in 2004 and by the EPA with the Energy Star Combined Heat and Power Award in 2010. The university is currently constructing a dedicated biomass CHP facility on track for completion in 2012. Greg, my first question. What is the current status of your university's co-fired combined heat and power facility? Uh, what fuels have you been using? What type of energy demand have you been serving? Well, the university's uh, combined heat and power facilities have been operating for many, many years in the same location, actually since 1923, and the campus has had a combined heat and power facility uh, to serve energy for its campus since 1892. Uh, today's plant uh, includes stoker boilers, uh, cogeneration steam turbine generators, gas turbine generators, with steam heat recovery, and numerous satellite chill water plants to deliver energy to our campus. The facility has been primarily fired with coal, supplemented with natural gas. Over the past 16, 17 years, we've uh, co-fired tire-derived fuel as a supplementary fuel to our boiler operation. And in the last four years, we've been utilizing wood chips, uh, mostly from waste sources in the uh, central Missouri area. Uh, we have a campus winter, or excuse me, summer demand for electricity of over 50 megawatts and a thermal demand around 330,000 pounds an hour in the wintertime and over 18,000 tons of chill water in the summertime. Greg, a follow-up question to the cooling aspect of your system. Could you describe that in a bit more detail for me? We, we utilize multiple types of chillers. We have mm -hmm. Uh, electric centrifugal chillers that are very common to everyone. Mm -hmm. We also have a fairly uh, large group of absorption chillers, two-stage absorption chillers that utilize thermal energy for cooling. Mm -hmm. And that helps our cogeneration or combined heat and power efficiency even through the summer months. And we recently uh, just installed in the last few weeks and started up a new turbine-driven chiller that uses extraction steam from the plant process that furthers our efficiency in producing both electrical energy and uh, chill water during the summer months. Greg, as noted earlier, the University of Missouri at Columbia has decided to pursue a 100% biomass-fueled boil unit set for operation in 2012. Why did the university pursue this route of a new CHP-fueled biomass? Were there local interests advocating for a biomass system, or was it based on fuel costs or their environmental considerations? Could you help me understand the decisions behind this move? 
Well, the, the uh, need for steam was identified many years ago. And approximately five, four or five years ago, we started to formalize the process to evaluate uh, how to replace an existing coal-fired boiler and to provide thermal energy in the form of steam and uh, co-generated electricity to our campus for many years to come. And uh, we looked at all, not all, but many alternatives that we felt were uh, possibly cost-effective to provide that steam surface. And uh, so we looked at our steam demand, we evaluated uh, projects on life cycle costs, and we, we recognized that uh, biomass could be a possibility for us as an energy source because we had started co-firing biomass and we recognized its availability in our area. Uh, we saw that there was environmental benefits associated with biomass that we wouldn't see with uh, fuels such as coal or gas. And uh, we also saw the opportunity for economic development. In Missouri, there is no native energy source other than biomass. Uh, we buy coal out of state, we buy natural gas out of state. Uh, much of the electricity that is produced in our state is either generated from uh, coal from out of state or uh, nuclear resources where the uranium is, is mined out of state. So biomass was an opportunity to shift a, a portion of our fuel uh, to a regional source, which we felt would create more economic development. Uh, versus uh, sending fuel dollars out of state. But primarily, uh, we felt that it had the lowest life cycle cost and provided uh, the best benefit as far as the environmental piece for the university. Greg, it seems that sourcing fuel locally plays a large role in your operations, especially the desire to displace your fossil fuel use. Could you explain the shift or process away from these traditional fuels? Now, as far as uh, consideration for local interest or input. Uh, we had begun biomass development efforts back in 2005, had put together a group of campus researchers as well as plant staff to look for viable uh, biomass type fuels that we could utilize as co-firing in our existing facility, looking for a fuel that could provide us some long-term price stability as well as some environmental benefit. And uh, that group uh, met for a while, we developed several fuels that had high viability for, for use and had done uh, several series of tests to check its capability within the facility. Uh, those tests that we conducted included corn cobs, switchgrass, very limited tests on switchgrass, and mostly uh, wood waste, either from development clearings, uh, chopped pallets, or some of the uh, mill residue that's uh, pretty common in the area from uh, wood products industries. Thanks, Greg. Uh, moving on to the next question. What is the progress of the new biomass CHP facility? What milestones have you passed? And what are some of the operational events that you're looking forward to? Well, the project's in construction, and the project includes the biomass-fired boiler as well as a major replacement to our fuel handling system that to incorporate utilization of biomass in our plant, both for the biomass boiler as well as co-firing in the existing facility. Uh, we have obtained a permit last year, last spring, in order to commence construction shortly after that. And uh, at this juncture, we plan to uh, complete construction in, in May uh, or June of, of 12, and we'll move into commissioning and startup activities with a fully completed project uh, roughly about August or early September of, of 2012. Uh, current activities, the construction activities on site include uh, some of the structural steel 
and foundation installation and some of the major components are starting up uh, their deliveries here in the next few weeks, including the boiler. Greg, we all know that secure financing is key to projects of this scale. As a policy advocate at BTEC, I'm working with other stakeholders to enact federal incentives for projects like yours. How did the university finance this facility's construction, and were you able to access state or federal funds, you know, for example, tax incentives, grants? We, uh, to, to fund the project, about 83% of the project is being funded through uh, the sale of bonds. Uh, with the balance coming from our repair and renovation funds for our facility plant. And uh, we did not receive any incentives. We aggressively looked for opportunities for incentives for this particular project, but uh, could not find that we any that we specifically qualified for. Uh, so the source of the fund is, is coming through bond, and it will be paid over time through our utility rate structure as we deliver our utilities to campus over the next 20 to 30 years. Greg, my next question. How and from where is the facility acquiring its feedstocks? What sources will be part of the fuel mix? And what boiler technology will be used with these fuels? And finally, my million dollar question, will the fuel be sourced sustainably? And if so, how? Yeah, initially we expect to derive most of our uh, resources for biomass at least in the first several years, maybe up to five years, based on what we're seeing from our fuel suppliers, from mill residues. Uh, there's a pretty uh, established um, wood products industry in the state of Missouri and a substantial amount of uh, residues available at fair market prices. And uh, that will be our initial mix with uh, some uh, force drive material, mostly from treetops and branches from conventional logging already in place, as well as a little bit of uh, managed forestry thinning. That's what we see as our initial mix. Over time, uh, we do expect to see more forest drive material. Corn stover, uh, Missouri is a, a very large corn growing state, and there's a vast majority of, a vast quantity of, of corn stover available. Uh, some of the urban type waste materials like waste papers, some of the urban wa waste woods, and we're also uh, closely following and very interested in grasses such as switchgrass and miscanthus that could be grown in, in prairie land in Missouri where forests are not uh, uh, available. As far as uh, sourcing sustainably, uh, that is a challenging question and we initially I actually continued to work with our researchers on campus uh, and have brought our campus academic community into our fuel procurement team to source the fuel, including uh, folks from forestry department as well as our agricultural department to make sure that we have developed the appropriate contract language and specifications in our procurement documents for fuel to ensure that we're harvesting and collecting materials in a sustainable manner. That also includes balances, checks and balances to ensure compliance. And we, we are prepared to make third-party audits, particularly with uh, taking uh, wood sources from uh, forest-derived uh, fuel areas, uh, making sure that the material is being harvested in an appropriate manner. Missouri does have a uh, guideline for the harvesting, the sustainable harvesting of biomass, that is a requirement of our fuel suppliers. And uh, 
currently right now it's a voluntary program, but it is a requirement of our specification. We also recognize that, recognize that uh, sustainability is not just a one-time uh, investment in development of contract language, but it's an ongoing process that we will constantly be working on as we source our biomass for our project over its life. You've mentioned that the university has a research program or interest specializing in biofuels. Uh, what does that include and what role will they play, uh, the researchers, in assisting with the facility's fueling? We, uh, we've worked very closely with our campus uh, researchers and academic community. Uh, they have a lot more knowledge on the sourcing of uh, biomass, particularly in the forestry department. And uh, we're working closely with several research projects that uh, really will help uh, our energy operation uh, secure fuel for the long term, develop more of a closed loop biomass versus purchasing from other outside sources. Uh, some of the projects, for example, that are underway is a energy plantation demonstration at our Hark Center near the university, which they're growing different types of uh, woody biomass in short rotation such as poplar, willow, and cottonwood. And their goal there is to determine how best to grow these type of woody biomass, how to harvest it, and share that information with potential growers that we could contract with in the future. There's also a project that's a combined USDA and university research project that is researching the impacts of the benefits of crow growing and, crow growing and utilizing switchgrass and short to rotation willow to look how it could prevent soil erosion, improve soil quality, and also at the same time provide a potential biofuel source for energy. We also hope to uh, next summer when the water comes online we'll be conducting a managed forest thinning demonstration at a nearby forest to extract uh, biomass to improve uh, forest health as well as find out the impacts as well as the cost effectiveness of pulling out uh, undesirable or small uh, diameter timber to improve forest quality but also provide a fuel source for the power plant. Expanding on the feedstock question from earlier, how will your CHP technology make use of your wide-ranging biomass fuels? Uh, we had looked very closely at conventional stoker boilers. They're, as you know, they're very suitable for burning wood. Uh, they've got some limitations with other types of biomass. And so we chose a technology called bubbling fluidized bed. And that technology has, is more suited to burn a wider variety of biomass choices uh, because we see that the biomass is not just one fuel. Uh, it's a, it's a multi-fuel uh, portfolio. And we want to be prepared to optimize and capitalize in all the different types of biomass that could be supplied in our area. And we feel the bubbling fluidized bed will provide that, uh, that, that benefit. Greg, looking forward to this project, uh, upon its completion, what will the heat and power output and the associated emissions reductions be like? How much fossil fuel will the unit displace? Uh, basically, what will the system's efficiency look like? Well, this is a new boiler addition to an, to an existing combined heat and power facility. So, the new boiler we installed, it's, uh, its size is 150,000 pounds per hour, and it will be integrated with an existing cogeneration steam turbine generator already available and in operation in the facility. 
Uh, it's taking out a, an existing coal-fired unit that uh, with the new boiler will displace over 25% of the plant's coal consumption uh, with uh, renewable biomass. Uh, we expect not only a significant reduction in criteria pollutants such as sulfur in particular, but also a 20% reduction in overall carbon emissions for the university. It is in CHP or combined heat and power, and based on our initial calculations with the existing turbine and the efficiency of the boiler as provided by the manufacturer, we expected a thermal efficiency in the 65 to 70% range. Over the course of this project's development, what lessons learned would you like to share with other universities looking to implement a similar system? Any best practices or recommendations? Also, are there materials in the project that your university has available for use? Well, I think my advice would be is biomass is not a one-size-fits-all. You hear a lot of people talking about expanding and utilizing biomass before they've done their research and their homework. And what makes sense in one area doesn't make sense in another. And in our particular case, we have a vast amount of under, under unutilized biomass. Uh, the economics work well in our area as well as environmental expectations. Uh, biomass is, is not like any other conventional fuel. You think it is like coal, but it doesn't handle like coal. It's not procured the same way you buy coal. So there's lots of changes and differences in the type of uh, ways you handle that type of fuel. Uh, as advice, I tell people to ask lots of questions, uh, research the available sources of biomass, make sure they can be uh, harvested or procured in sustainable manner, uh, research the technologies of, of energy conversion with biomass. There's lots of choices, and depending on your particular need, uh, you may choose one technology over another based on the sourcing of biomass that you have available. And lastly, learn from others. Uh, we learned a lot from people that are already doing this. Uh, we brought in expertise in areas where we felt we were weak and needed some assistance. And uh, so far, everything's gone well. Time will tell over the next year, year and a half, as we bring our equipment online, how successful we are. But so far, so good. Well, Greg, that will have to be the final word. Thank you for sharing your experiences in biomass CHP development, in addition to helping BTEC complete its work grant activities. When completed, this CHP project should become an example of sustainable fuel sourcing, as well as the integration and leveraging of one's university research and educational programs. Greg, really, I appreciate your time today. Further information on the University of Missouri's CHP system is available at cf.missouri.edu energy. More resources, including interviews and archived webinars on the biomass energy industry, are available at the BTEC website at biomassthermal.org. Thank you so much for listening.